Luke 24, verse 44. This is often the place that we go to when we're teaching home Bible studies about the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we will read from Luke 24, verses 44 through 49 or so. And then we will go directly to the book of Acts because Luke is the writer of both the Gospel Luke and the book of Acts. In fact, he picks right up where he left off when he says the former treaties. I begin to write to you, O Theophilus, in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 1. So we do that often. But I'm going to take from this a different direction today if you will receive revelation. And this will help us in our walk with God. Reading from verse 44, Jesus said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. In case you're not sure what's happening here, all of the prophecies of the law, that'd be the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Then all the prophets, he speaks about all the prophets. That's all the books that speak about the Messianic promise that Jesus would come. And the Psalms that also prophesy and worship the coming of this Messiah. Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand all them scriptures. Beautiful. He said to them, verse 46, it's written, And it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Anybody here receive the promise from your heavenly Father? Are you thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost? I'm preaching open our understanding. Open our understanding. God bless you. You may be seated. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, understand that this is written as the Bible, the infallible Word of God records. This is written by the wisest man that ever lived. So when we read Proverbs, it's not just, you know, apples of gold and wisdoms of this. This is absolute life-changing wisdom if you can receive it. So when Solomon begins to write, he declares this, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing in everything in life. That's why you have to have wisdom. God says to us, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. Because wisdom is so important in life. Any area of life that you want to give yourself to, if you want to excel in that area, you need wisdom in that area. And those that have the greatest amount of wisdom in that area, for the most part, excel to the greatest degree. 
If you want to be the greatest businessman this world sees in this generation, then you need to know everything about business. Wisdom is going to make you excel in that area. And so Solomon has given us a beautiful insight that however you want to excel, then you need to pursue wisdom. If you truly want to be a child of God, then get all the wisdom that the Word of God declares concerning walking with Him and fellowship with Him and communicating with Him. If you want to be a minister in this generation, wisdom is the principal thing. And then the writer goes on to tell us, Get therefore wisdom, and with all of thy getting, get understanding. Very important. Now we probably use these words kind of interchangeable, synonyms, wisdom and understanding. But in the original Hebrew, they are very distinctively in their definition. Wisdom means mental acuity. The ability to gain knowledge. That's what wisdom is. It's the ability to gain knowledge. It's mental acuity. But understanding in the original Hebrew means to discern or to separate mentally, to distinguish or to perceive. So it's taking knowledge and wisdom and being able to apply it and Practically use it and separate it and discern it. So Solomon declared, you've got to get wisdom. That's a principal thing. But don't forget to get understanding to know how and what to do with your wisdom. Solomon has followed his father on the throne of Israel. And David, that great man who was a man after God's own heart, had a special relationship with God. So when Solomon begins to reign, he has a huge sacrifice that he presents to the God of his father when the temple is finally finished. And thousands upon thousands of animals are sacrificed on that day. And because of great sacrifice... God speaks to Solomon and says, I see your sacrifice. Tell me what you want. This always gets the attention of God. If you're in a desperate place and you need his attention, or if you're in a place where you desperately want God to give you direction, sacrifice always get the attention of God. And because of this great sacrifice, God says, speak to me, I will hear you. And when Solomon begins to give his request to the Lord, he says that you would give me wisdom and knowledge that I might judge God's people. And this was pleasing unto God. That he didn't just ask for money, riches. That he didn't just ask for long life or health. That he didn't just ask for popularity and fame. But what he wanted was to excel in wisdom, which is the principal thing, so that he might be a minister for God's people. And God said, well, 
because you have asked for wisdom and knowledge to judge my people, then I will give you also these other things. You will have riches. You will have long life. You will have blessing. You will have fame and popularity, as it were. I will give you these things. If you pursue wisdom and understanding, these other things come to your life. It's a beautiful principle that we find. Now, obviously... As Solomon begins to get older, he had great wisdom, but he began to fail to use understanding. And even though he had great wisdom, he allowed things in his life that he shouldn't have because of understanding. So just as important that wisdom is, understanding is maybe even more so important. We talked a little bit about this last night, for in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is talking to us about the gifts of the Spirit, and he is sharing great wisdom concerning gifts of the Spirit. And he declares this, that while gifts of the Spirit are operating, while gifts of the Spirit are being pursued, that there must be understanding. And he spends several verses speaking about understanding. 1 Corinthians 14 and 6, this is what he declares unto us. That there's four dimensions of understanding that we need to operate in. There's revelation, that brings understanding. Knowledge can bring understanding. Prophesying can bring understanding. And doctrine can bring understanding. Jesus tells us in the Synodic Gospels, you'll see this parable spoken of in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that there is a story about a sower and a seed. And we've heard this many times, but the sower is the one that delivers the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God, including the prophetic or the knowledge or the doctrine. It's the Word of God. And then the Word of God must fall upon good soil. But Jesus said there's one type of soil that does not receive the word and it cannot spring up and bring forth what it is meant to bring and that's the wayside soil. Now as you study the wayside soil in this parable, the scripture said it's hardened ground. And like birds of the air that fly in and steal the seed from the hardened ground where it has been sowed, the enemy comes in and steals the prophetic word, the word of doctrine, the word of knowledge, the word of prophecy that's been sowed into your life. But this is what it said about those that are hardened ground. They lack understanding. Understanding is so important that we get because without understanding, so much is stolen from us. So much is taken from us. So much is even left by us. We miss so much because of a lack of understanding. Multiple, multiple times in the Scripture, we find the disciples, in particular the apostles, are living in the middle of great knowledge. They are operating in the middle of the prophetic and have no understanding for where they're at. We find this many times. They were at the triumphal entry where Jesus had sent them to a city 
to get a donkey that had never been ridden, declaring the master hath need of him. And when Jesus rides on that young colt through the dusty streets of Jerusalem, the people of Jerusalem come out in droves and they take their garments and wave them in the air and lay them upon the ground where the donkey will walk so that even the donkey that Jesus is riding won't touch the dust. Triumphal entry. They are waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Hail, King of Israel. This is the fulfillment of Zechariah 9 and 9. Zechariah the prophet prophesied and said, Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the King cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a young donkey. This is the prophecy being fulfilled. But while they are standing there in the middle of a fulfilled prophecy, they have no understanding of the time impotence that they're in. They have no understanding of the destiny that they are fulfilling. John 12 and 16 tells us this. These things understood not his disciples. Referring to the triumphal entry. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But then when Jesus was glorified, that's after his death, burial, and resurrection, right here in the Scriptures, when he gives them understanding of the law and of the prophets and of the Psalms, after he was glorified, then they remembered that this was written of him. After he opened their understanding. Not just one place. But multiple places in the Gospels will find this. The two ladies go to the tomb of where the body of Jesus has been laid after Calvary, expecting to anoint His body with these perfumes and these different oils. But when they got there, the stone was rolled away. He was not there. And their immediate thoughts are, who has stolen the body of Jesus? That seems strange to us looking back at the story because how many times did Jesus tell them prophetically that He would die, be buried, and rise again? Even when they turn and look, one of the Gospels declares that they're shining creatures. Should have got a clue that these are angels. Their garments are shining and speaking to them about going back and testifying. And then when they go back to tell the disciples, and here's the first story of, of the tortoise and the hare race. As Simon Peter and the apostle John come running to the tomb, and he who's fastest stops outside and the, the tortoise goes on in. <laughs> but there's only folded grave clothes. And they're wondering who took him. And they're fearful because people are going to blame them that they stole the body. They're in the middle of resurrection morning. And they have no understanding of what is happening. 
In Luke 23, verses 7 and 8, Jesus said this just mere days before. He said, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. It's why Simon Peter got such a rebuke when in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wants to fight and cut off the ear of that servant of the high priest. Jesus already told him, it's the will of God for me to be taken away and put in the hands of sinful men and now he's fighting the will of God this is something they heard over and over but when resurrection happened there's no understanding there's no discernment of exactly where they are until after resurrection and he opened their understanding. We read the title over this particular story in the Gospels, Cleansing of the Temple, which in reality is a chance for Jesus to show the church what the church is supposed to be. That all the tradition that whatever church has been up to the time of Christ now needs to be the shadow because a church is a place where miracles happen, Pastor. Church is a place where healings happen. And Jesus went to the temple to fulfill that. John 2 and 19 declares this. Jesus makes this statement while He's in the temple. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Three verses later in John 2 and 22, this is what we read. After He was risen, then they remembered what He had said and how that was fulfilled. Standing in the middle of a triumphal entry and they have no clue. This is the prophetic utterance of Zechariah. Standing at an open tomb and their mind goes to everything else and they don't realize it's the prophecy being fulfilled. Standing in the temple watching Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, feeding the 5,000, raising the dead, and prophecy after prophecy is being fulfilled. I'm convinced this is why Matthew writes his gospel in hindsight and goes back and says, hey, when he opened our understanding, this is the scripture he fulfilled at his birth. This is the scripture he fulfilled in his rearing. This is the scripture he fulfilled in his ministry. And over and over and over, they were there, they lived it, they watched it, and they had no understanding of where they were. There are certain prophecies, doctrines, knowledge, and revelations. That's the four dimensions of understandings through the kingdom of God. There are certain prophecies, doctrines, knowledge, and revelations that are sealed up until the last day. John the Revelator writes in chapter 10, verse 4 of his revelation of Christ that there was many things being spoken and being declared. And then he said there were seven thunders that uttered knowledge, direction. And when he went to write them down, God said, no. Seal up what the seven thunders said until the end time that we are living in. 
We are living in a special time, and according to the Word of God, there's going to be understanding that comes through revelation like never before. Understanding that comes through doctrine like never before. We have needed that for generations. Understanding that's coming through prophecy like never before, and understanding through knowledge. I felt this begin to happen in the place last night here at Rack, as individuals that God had been given knowledge to, there was a gift and a flow of understanding as God began to pour upon us a need for this generation to operate in the supernatural. Daniel chapter 9 verse 4, Daniel is prophesying of the end time, and he speaks how of the time that we live in. And this is an interesting thing I don't think we hear enough of. But Daniel begins to say in the last days that those that have gone on in Christ and died will resurrect and walk among us. Anybody looking forward to that type of supernatural move? where your fathers and your great-grandfathers of faith are going to rise up from the grave and walk among us as a testimony of the resurrection of Christ. Hey, that's going to be a great testimony for us. to. Maybe they'll just walk right down to Dooley Field, Sanford Stadium. Maybe they'll just march right through the arch down and ring a bell a couple of times. Get a little attention. There is a resurrection coming. But when he begins to write about specific wisdom and understanding of the end time, God says, shut this up, Daniel. Seal the book until the time of the end. Expect hunger long for understanding in this end time that we have to have supernatural dimensions of knowledge and revelation and prophecy and doctrine in this end time. We see this example even in the Old Testament as Elisha has a servant of God. And as the prophet's servant goes out to scan the horizon, he sees that there are enemy armies surrounding the city of Samaria. And there's no way for food to get in, water to get in, etc. And it looks like they are doomed to be overtaken. But the prophet says, God opened his eyes that he might understand or see what's really going on. And the prophet speaks a word that Make scales fall off the servant's eyes. And now he can see that there is a heavenly host and a Lord of great victory and power beyond the enemy, surrounding the enemy until there is no problems in the city because God is encamping against the enemy that's encamping against his people. Open our eyes. Open our understanding. In these dimensions, and I'm closing, in these dimensions, we have to have understanding come to us. we got to have understanding that comes through revelation. we got to have understanding that comes through knowledge. We must have understanding that comes through prophecy. And we must have understanding that comes through doctrine. 
And as we pray and as we live and as we operate in these dimensions, we need to pray for the ability to separate and discern and to understand the knowledge that God has given us through His Word that we have received through traditions and that His power has delivered through us through His Spirit. We need understanding. Stand with me all over the place. This is how the prophetic works. That we receive prophecy in partiality. We prophesy in part. We know in part. All the gifts of the Spirit that are prophetic words. All the word gifts are partial when they come to us. All the knowledge gifts. Prophesy in part. Know in part. They're partial. And this is why he said, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. That's not confusing. In context, what he's saying, if you get this part here, and that part here, and that part here, once you get all the parts together, you've got the fulfillment or the perfect or the maturity. You don't need the parts. How many of you have received prophecy maybe years ago, and then when it came to pass... You look back and say, my goodness, that's what the prophecy was all about. And we, we confuse ourselves by trying to take the prophecy and thinking it's the fulfillment of what God is speaking. We try to make it happen and we try to force things to happen and we're confused about all of these things when the prophecy that is in part is just meant to give us a glimpse So walk again, darling. Pray again. Have faith some more. Worship again. Teach a Bible study. Go to the campus and let the Holy Ghost fall in the the chapel. Just one more time. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And then another prophecy comes that's in part and gives you another direction. Now you've got a couple of pieces. And then another prophecy gives you another piece and another prophecy until the fullness of that happens. And once the resurrection of all of these pieces come together, now He opens our understanding to everything that He was speaking and declaring unto us. This is a walk of faith. And it will always be a walk of faith. So you take the prophecy that you have, the knowledge that you have, you take the doctrine that you have, and you follow that in the fullness of what you have until God gives you another piece. We've been teaching this forever as our leadership, as individuals come to God and they are born at an altar as they're born again, evidenced by speaking other tongues, and then we let them grow. Piece by piece. We don't take them and say, hey, you need to be mature. They're a baby for crying out loud. We don't put all kind of demands on them that they should have all this spiritual knowledge and they should have all of this revelation, all this understanding. No, they're just beginning this new life in Christ. So let them take a piece and a part and grow in that until fullness come. Revelation, knowledge, doctrine comes through understanding, comes through these, and we receive it. How many of you have prophecies that you have received that have not yet fully come to pass? Hey, I love that. 
you got to part. You got to part. So walk in the light of that part. Have faith in the light of that part. Don't try to understand it because you can't. Don't try to make it happen. You're going to mess things up. Just have the faith. Obey the will of God, which means walking in His love and obeying His commandments. And just let that go forward until you get the next piece. Then rejoice, rejoice in that next piece. You're not going to fully understand the fulfillment, but rejoice in that next piece. Let it increase your faith. Walk in greater strength until piece by piece, that which is perfect has come. And that which is in part, no longer be what you walk by, but you walk by the fullness of what has been given.